Hello and welcome to AdTalk. I'm your host, George Tarnopolsky of GT Programmatic Consulting. Today we'll discuss double verify going private equity and what private equity means in the marketplace. We'll also talk about ad tech company public valuations, market consolidation, and M&A activity. What ad tech public companies have attractive balance sheets for potential M&A? First, a few housekeeping items. Thanks for the great response on last week's episode about blockchain and ad tech. We had over 200 listens, and we're also now available on Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Please keep the feedback coming. I also want to plug the Mobile Programmatic Buying Playbook, which was launched today, and it's available on gtconsult.us. 10 pages of mobile programmatic wisdom. Uh, I've included everything I know about mobile advertising, or at least the highlights, and you can read about nuances around mobile programmatic inventory, creative, location capabilities, device and carrier, viewability and brand safety capabilities, first and third party data, attribution and measurement, and lastly, my philosophy about mobile as part of a holistic advertising strategy. So again, available on gtconsult.us. And feel free to distribute it in the marketplace, especially to your colleagues and clients who are executing mobile programmatic campaigns today. I would also add that I wish a document like this existed when I was first learning mobile. This can be a great primer for anyone who's learning the platforms and features and functionality for the first time, as well as folks that are experienced in the space. So let's dive in. So first, we're going to talk about double verify going private equity and in general what private equity means in the marketplace. It was announced about a week ago, on August 23rd, that Providence Equity Partners acquired a majority stake in Double Verify. Wall Street Journal estimated the investment at $200 million, which puts the company's total value at more than $300 million. First, I believe this is a good deal for Double Verify. I am of the unpopular opinion that verification specialty is a short-term game because more and more of the big DSPs are building out their own verification capabilities. And in fact, customers are saying, why should I pay for an incremental service when my big DSPs, whether it's DBM or the Trade Desk, have verification functionality built in? And I think we see a validation of that statement by looking at companies like Moat, WhiteOps, and Forensic that have actually built their business around the sell side versus going after buy side customers. So what is private equity? Historically, private equity companies will buy companies and either put them together with other companies or split them up into their component assets. In the case of Double Verify, there aren't multiple lines of business per se. So we estimate that uh, Double Verify will be that strategic asset around which Providence will build uh, component companies in order to make Double Verify more valuable. And that's in line with what Double Verify CEO Wayne Gatnella said in a statement right after the acquisition. Private equity companies can be kind of like master chess players, and a lot of the time what they do is engage in a waiting game. For me, the precedent is the acquisition of DoubleClick by Hellman and Friedman in April 2005. Now, DoubleClick was the undisputed leader in ad tech way before its acquisition by Google, but fell on difficult times in mid-2000s especially as its business had gotten arguably too diversified. In 2005, DoubleClick was acquired by private equity for $1.1 billion, and that deal closed in July 2005. 
About a year later, Hellman and Friedman sold the Abacus division to Epsilon or Alliance Data Systems for $435 million. And this is typical of what a private equity company does. They will buy a company, evaluate it as a portfolio, evaluate it in terms of component assets, and potentially sell off specific components. Less than a year of the sale of Abacus to Epsilon, Google had announced that it came to a definitive agreement to acquire DoubleClick for $3.1 billion in cash. And the announcement happened in April of 2007 with a deal closing in March of 2008 because it was subjected to regulatory scrutiny. So in this case, the deal was extremely successful for the private equity company, which was able to attain over 300% ROI on its initial investment of $1.1 billion. So again, Double Verify was acquired at a valuation of about $300 million, which is a higher price tag than many of the publicly traded companies. So let's shift gears and talk about public valuations and M&A activity in the space. First, what's top of mind for me is the sale of rocket fuel to Seismic for $125 million. And I think the whole industry was in a little bit of a shock when they saw that rocket fuel had accepted that offer. Now, Ad Exchanger did a great job documenting Rocket Fuel's path leading up to its sale. And from my perspective, is at some point, the CEO has a fiduciary duty to the board to take the best offer that's possible. And I think that's exactly what Randy Wooten did in the case of Rocket Fuel. So now let's take a deeper look at valuations. First, as a disclaimer, don't take any of the information as investment advice. And also, I believe that I'm legally bound to disclose that I have positions in some of these companies. I have positions in the Trade Desk, Marvin Software, and the Rubicon Project, and I also have exposure to Facebook and Google through the XLK ETF. So what I wanted to do in part two of this episode is to take a look across publicly traded ad tech companies and look at their market cap, look at their balance sheets, in other words, how much cash they have on hand, and compare that across their peer set, as well as with industry leaders like Facebook, Google, Credio, and the Trade Desk. So for each company, again, I looked at the market cap, price earnings, and cash and cash equivalents. Let's start with Google. They have a market cap of $637 billion, at a price earnings ratio of 33.4, and they have $95 billion in cash on hand. Now, at a price earnings ratio of 33.4, they're actually kind of cheaply priced compared to their peer set, which is interesting. Comparing that to Facebook, they have a smaller market cap, 487 billion, higher price earnings ratio, so the stock is a little bit more expensive. They're priced at a multiple of 38.3 price earnings, and they have $35 billion in cash on hand. Now, let's compare that to segment leaders, Critio. Market cap of exactly $3 billion today. Price earnings ratio of 42.7. Some industry analysts think it's cheaply priced. And Critio now has $308 million in cash on hand. And the Trade Desk has a market cap of $2.08 billion. Price earnings ratio of 61.6. It's pretty expensive. And they have $89 million on hand. So looking again at these numbers... Google has a price earnings ratio of 33.4, and the Trade Desk has a price earnings ratio of 61.6. To me, what that indicates is that the market is pricing in future growth of the Trade Desk's platform, and I think they also consider their pure technology model really attractive. 
Also, when you look at the numbers, the trade desk really doesn't have a lot of cash on hand for a $2 billion company. They only have $89 million. So I wouldn't anticipate that the trade desk does any acquisitions, for example. At the same time, their cash pile is continuing to grow because they're a profitable company. Now let's compare these market leaders with six smaller companies that are publicly traded today. Five of the six are not profitable today, and one is. And the list of six that I identified are Brightcove, Rocket Fuel, Mavrin Software, Rubicon Project, Tremor Media, and Yumi. What's worth noting is that all of these have a market cap under $300 million, which is what Double Verify is valued at. So let's start with Brightcove. They have a market cap of $242 million. The price earnings ratio is negative, and they have $28 million on hand. Now, Brightcove stock has been sliding in the second half of the year, and hopefully they can get back to profitability so that they can start to build up their cash pile. Now, moving on to Rocket Fuel, market cap of $125 million, which is the offer from Seismic on July 18th, 2017. Price earnings ratio is negative, again, meaning that the company is not making money. And cash on equivalents, $62 million. So Rocket Fuel is being acquired at about $60 million over their cash pile. Moving on to Mavrin Software, smallest market cap of the companies on this list, $43 million. Price earnings ratio is negative, and their cash pile is $34 million. So this is interesting. As you can see, that Marin is priced only $9 million over their cash and equivalents. In their Q2 earnings call, they reported that they only burned $400K in the previous quarter. So I believe that cash pile will continue to be in place. Moving on to the Rubicon project. Market cap today, $183 million. Price earnings ratio is negative and cash and equivalents of $155 million. Now Rubicon reported $193 million in cash at end of quarter, but $38.5 million in cash was used after quarter end for the purchase of Ntoggle. So looking at Rubicon's public valuation, they're valued at only $28 million over their cash pile. Two more companies on our list, Tremor Media, market cap of $167 million, Price earnings ratio is negative, and their cash pile should be around $86 million today. The reason I say that it should be is because Tremor reported $36 million in cash at end of second quarter, but inflows of $50 million are expected as a result of the sale of their DSP to Taptica, which was announced after the end of the quarter. And lastly, we have Yumi. Price at $201 million price earnings ratio of 58.5. So it is profitable, but expensive, and they have $74 million in cash on hand. So a few things to highlight. First, if you invested money evenly across these six companies, I believe you would have lost money year over year. There's a couple of stocks in this list that actually performed exceptionally well this year, and that's Tremor and Yumi. Both stocks have doubled over doubled year over year. Two companies I wanted to highlight in this list, though, are Marin Software and the Rubicon Project. The reason I think these companies are attractive M&A targets is because both of these companies have market caps that are so close to the amount of cash that's on hand. Marin at $43 million market cap with a cash pile of $34 million, and Rubicon have a market cap of $183 million and a cash pile of $155 million. Food for thought. 
One thing I would add is that the valuations themselves seem to be based on a fast-moving set of factors. For example, in the case of rocket fuel, it was often mentioned that the reason their public valuation continued to slide was because the majority of their business was a black-boxed, high-margin business. And partly for this reason, we've seen a lot of companies try to rebrand and pivot to a platform business, as is the case with many ad networks today. I also think that the factors are qualitative as much as they are quantitative. And the example of AppLovin is one that sticks in my mind. Now, AppLovin has been a very successful and I believe a bootstrapped business, but they've operated as a black box performance cost per install ad network. However, they succeeded in selling their business to Orient Hanta Capital at a value of $1.42 billion in September of 2016. So again, food for thought. What do you think? Are companies priced fairly in the public markets? Are we going to see more consolidation? Or will we see stock prices continue to slide? This is going to be an interesting year and beyond. So with that, let's close out today's episode. I will have a table with company valuations, price earnings ratio, and balance sheets on our site, gtconsult.us. And this episode is available on TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Please leave us a review and again, visit gtconsult.us. Thanks and take care.